Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode. We really appreciate you joining us. This podcast really shows us how we can all learn, live, and thrive off of each other. By sharing our knowledge through our conversations, we will impart some knowledge whilst learning ourselves how to progress even further. Here is your host, Benson. Benson. Benson Dambiri. Welcome. Wow, wow, wow. I'm so grateful and honored to have you on board. Thank you so much. Welcome to this episode of our podcast. My name is Benson Dambiri. Now, today we have a very familiar topic, and this is not rocket science. These are not difficult things. You've heard them. We are going to be talking about myths and misconceptions surrounding the topic of waiting and dating. Yes, that's the topic of the day. I'll be joined by a friend later in this conversation. I'll introduce her, but first, allow me to pray. Then I'll share three insights. Then after that, we shall get her on board and she'll help us now expound more on what these myths and misconceptions surrounding the topic of waiting and dating are. Shall we pray? Father, in Jesus' name, I'm grateful for this opportunity you've given me, Lord, to talk about this topic together with my listener who is on board. And Father, we pray in God that you're going to minister to us. You're going to speak to us. You're going to help us, God, to learn something, God, from this conversation. And may you help us, God, to be good stewards. In Jesus' mighty name do I pray, trusting and believing. Amen. So I'll have my friend on board later. But as I promised, I have a few insights that I wish to share with us. Now, we have expectations while getting into a relationship. And first, I want to make this clear. Don't have over expectations. One, you don't have to get into dating expecting to get things that only God can offer. You might get into dating expecting now you'll get peace, you get purpose out of the dating from your partner. But that's not the case. Some of these things, it's God who gives. Yes, so don't overexpect that the person will come packed. And then at the end of the day, you're feeling I made a wrong choice, I made a mistake, and I think I think I need to reconsider that. You'll keep reconsidering and you'll never find that perfect person. Some of these things only God can give. So don't have over expectations. Now, the other thing I want to talk about, if you are a Christian and you are born again, I think you don't have any business of dating if you don't have a trajectory towards marriage. If marriage is not the reason for dating, then there is no essence of you even thinking about dating. You have to have a trajectory towards marriage. That's it. You need to be focused and lined up that I'm dating for us to have a marriage after this. So if that's not the case, then you are, you are dating for some immediate pleasure. And calling a spade a spade, most of this pleasure is sexual pleasure. And it happens that most people will find themselves now getting into and exploring each other in the area of sexual relations before marriage. But the Bible is very clear regarding this. In the book of First Corinthians, chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 18 to 20, this is what the Bible says, Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. 
So that is it. The last thing I want to talk about is pursuing a pure mind. Now pursuing a pure mind it requires a lot of discipline, less strain and abstinence from activities and anything that do not promote holiness. The reason why I'm talking about this and this cause a lot of sacrifice is because with a pure mind you'll have a clear conscience, you not have any baggage, you not have comparisons, you will not have regrets. And actually it is it is just now between it will be a relationship between you, your spouse and God. Yes, yeah, so it's very essential you pursue a pure mind and ensure that you gift this to your spouse in the future. Some of these things once you are a victim they are very difficult to deal with from experiences of people you learn they are very difficult to deal with. The Bible says come unto me all who are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. So that is another di- different topic on how now to overcome guilt and how to overcome those issues maybe from the past. That's another different topic and maybe in the future episodes we might talk about that how to overcome guilt regrets from the past but for now allow me welcome my friend purity masharia who we are going to continue and further this discussion on myths and misconceptions surrounding the topic of waiting and dating so purity karibu sana welcome on board yeah thank you so much benson it's such a pleasure to be here discussing this with you and everyone else who will listen to this Yeah so I I do believe that we really need to talk about these things yes especially the idea of waiting now dating is a lot of people talk about dating but how many people actually talk about waiting you know even in our churches like waiting until marriage it's almost become like that topic that nobody wants to be associated with even Christians because we don't want to be judged or to be looked at in a different light So I think it's it's good to address it you know it's good to really sit down and have a talk like is it something that you know is is just meant to restrict us restrict our freedom you know keep us away from joy and pleasure or is it something that is actually beneficial to us Well thank you so much Purity I'm so grateful to have you on board Help me unpack on this issue about myths and misconceptions surrounding the topic of waiting and dating Well, I know one particular myth that everyone does it and that is so wrong. Not everyone is having sex before marriage. And simply because the ones not doing it and speaking out, you know, it's not written on someone's forehead that I'm waiting until marriage. Yes. But that doesn't mean that people are doing it. You know, there are lots of people, even people I know personally who are waiting or who they are married now but they waited to have sex within the boundaries of marriage so this idea that everyone's doing it or we tell each other everyone is doing it you're going to look like you're the odd one out it's nothing like that not everyone's doing it uh, you can find some very good communities online that yes. will support you that are you know made of adults and guys who are also waiting until marriage even in our local churches you will find people who are waiting until marriage sadly that should be everyone but unfortunately it may not be everyone but you will find those i can say personally i am also waiting so this myth that everyone does it is not really true 
Yes. And you know the people who are waiting, they are normal people. They are, you know, there's nothing extraordinary about them. It's not like they have a, a certain condition where they hate sex or anything. No, they're just normal people living normal lives, productive in every area of their lives, happy and joyful, but they know their, you know, they know their boundaries. So uh, everyone does it is one of those things that I would like to debunk. It's totally not true. Not one is doing it. Yeah, I agree with that. Then something else that I find as a myth myself is whereby we say that God has has that one man or woman ordained for you and that it is only that one person that you you will date and maybe marry in life. So how how do you find that? Okay, so let's say that person dies. <laughs> compatibility, compatibility is something very important. Yes. Do you know by the way you can have two very good people? and they are both saved and they love the Lord, but they cannot marry because they are totally not compatible. That can happen. For example, you can have a person who, you know, they are, are, you know, they they are good. They are really a good person. You can't find anything wrong with them. However, they could have a very traditional outlook on life. Maybe if I give the case, you know, I'm a lady, so let me give the case of a lady. Maybe it's a man you've met, he's so wonderful and everything, but he's the kind that believes that a woman should belong to the kitchen, should not work, and I should provide, and the woman should do everything in the house without any help and wash my clothes by hand. You know, there's, and you know, it's not a sin to believe like that, but as a woman, if you know that's not what you believe in, it may cause a very great conflict if you to get married. Sure. So what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say, yes, there is someone you're compatible with and there is someone you're not compatible with. That's a reality. But the point is to say that it's only one person that you will be compatible with. No, let me tell you, there is a range of people that you can be compatible with. Yes. A range. A Even range. guys, there are a range of girls that you can be compatible with and that you can be very happy with. And so there is really not that one person, absolutely not. And you can be happy with several people. However, you have to make a choice of one person when it comes to marriage. That choice should always involve a lot of prayer because let me say only God knows the future. For instance, you might be compatible with someone today but later on down the line, certain circumstances in your life come that may be totally unexpected and may, you know, make such a huge impact on your relationship. So a lot of prayer should be involved. But to say that there is only one person and expecting that there is only one person, uh, that one is definitely not true. Thank you so much, Purity, for that. I've been having this argument in my mind for some time now that if God chooses a marriage partner for you and then he has ordained that one person for you, then I think he should also be responsible for the arguments and things not working out in that marriage or relationship. But that's not the case with God because I think he gives us free will to do what and to make choices, to do what we want and to make choices that we feel perfectly suits us. So I think I would agree with Miles Mondro who in one of his sermons said, that God does not choose a marriage partner for you, but he brings multiple of them who are similar and have the same the same things maybe from what you like and brings you multiple of them. And it's, it will be upon you now to choose the one who you feel is best for you. 
Yeah, that's uh, totally true. I agree with you. I would say that, um, you know, as a small, you know, disclaimer that God does bring people together. For instance, you can have a person praying for a partner here and another one somewhere far praying for a partner and then God in his own miraculous way brings you two together. That can happen. But God is not going to order you to marry that person. He's going to bring you together, then you make the decision. So it's it's really, and you know, um, there's one thing I, I have ever asked myself at one point, that how comes God gave us very specific instructions on so many things? And you know, a lot of things we, we don't have a choice. You, you don't have a choice on who your parent will be. You know, I believe the souls of babies in heaven, they are not asked, who do you choose as a parent? Nobody's asked that. It's God who makes that choice for us, even siblings. Nobody gives you a choice that, who do you want to be your sibling? Who do you want to be your cousin, your aunt? Like God does all this for us. But however, there are certain things. How comes in marriage? It's like God took a hands-off approach. Apart from Adam and Eve, all the rest of the of the marriages, God took a kind of a hands-off approach. Like, I've given you a choice. He gives us men, he gives us women, and then you make the choice. And the reason is that, you know, God knows how much we human beings sometimes can be, you know, we love to blame others. So he knew that if I put these two people together and one day they have an argument, you you can imagine if God was the one telling you, like, Mr. Benson, you are marrying Mary. You go in obedience to God's command and marry Mary. And then after two days, you have a major argument. Tell me the truth. Would you look internally? Would you be like, okay, maybe I made a mistake? Or would you just go to God like, God, you gave me Mary, now see what's happening. They will be like, Adam, this woman you gave me has brought this trouble. Yes. In fact, I, I think it's Adam who's pointed for us. Yeah. <laughs> it's Adam who's pointed for us. Maybe God had intended to give everyone a marriage partner. But when Adam said, this woman you gave me, <laughs> God was like, okay, I will never give another person. Yes. Now, this brings me to the next thing, whereby somebody approaches you and tells you that they had a dream and they dreamt that maybe the two of you are together maybe you had you are having a, a wedding and then maybe you are having a family together and then maybe they tell you how colorful it was and everything like how should you handle such situations all right let me say benson that is quite a sensitive topic and the reason being i i personally i believe that god does talk to us through dreams yes. he does Mm -hmm. He talks to us through an inner intuition. He talks to us through dreams and through visions. However, some people misuse that. And the thing is this. One thing we need to understand is sometimes Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Sure. So that means that if you have a dream and truly you've had a dream and you've seen brother so-and-so, you really need to examine the root of your dream because you could have been daydreaming about brother Benson for the last one week. So is it a surprise that you got a dream? It's not a surprise. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Or maybe it could be actually God speaking to you or it could be 
maybe the devil actually even the devil can give you a dream so these things happen and what i believe is if you do have a dream let's say you have had because honestly i've had ladies say that god told me so and so is the one and then that's the one marries another person and you're left so devastated you see the one thing you need to do is uh when god tells you so and so is the one then can you let god be the one to bring that person to you Exactly. That is the true test. If God is all powerful and he can give you a dream, how hard can it be for him to also connect the two of you? It's good pray about the dream. You can take some action, but I wouldn't advise going to someone and telling them I saw a dream. I would advise approach the person, especially if you are a guy, not a girl. Approach the lady and tell her they would like to get to know you don't tell them i saw a dream that is it will freak them out tell them i'd like to get tough you know in a friendship basis and you know really get to know the character of this person yeah before you later on and even the dream can come much later now that you are married and realize that that dream was from god wow thank you so much purity for that and now because there are some of those people who like using some of these things now to get people i think the best way out is to pray about it and also to tell the person allow me to consult god and also as i wait for him to tell me whether whether whatever you've told me is true because you need to be sure of what somebody is telling you just don't have to believe anyone because they have just come with good words and they are telling you about things it has to come from god and if they they have been told by god then they have to wait for you and give you time for God to speak to you and tell you the same thing. There are some people who have successfully used that line and gotten partners, but it's not something I would advise. Oh, wow. So it seems there are some guys who have used that strategy and it worked for them. Lucky to them, but truth be told. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, there are some people who use strategy and it works but i don't know i really don't want to comment so much on it but personally i find that a little not very nice it's good to let just get to know the other person and if it's from god trust that god will make it happen amazing do you have any other misconception or a myth yeah there's a myth i've had several times and honestly it bothered me because they this myth is a bit sexist because it deals with girls and it says that if you marry a girl who's a virgin that she will never satisfy you in bed. What? I wouldn't really get to the details of it because it can be a little bit uh not very nice but the language they use but that's the overall um you know, um uh, theme of the the myth that if a girl is a virgin and you marry her you will never be satisfied in bed. Now that wait. is a wait. lie and a- Sorry for cutting you short but this now reveals that there are a lot of lies out there some of which I've heard and some of which I've never heard. Like this one, this one is a new lie, like I've never heard about it before. This one, even calling it a myth, I think that's an understatement. We need to call this one a lie. But anyway, proceed. This one is a new one and I'm actually shocked. I've never heard about it before because honestly, why would somebody lie that much? I'm surprised you haven't. Me, I've heard it actually several times. and it has really bothered me i i find it really sexist but you know the the main point is that i feel it's kind of like you're trying to pressure the girl to have a lot of sexual experiences so that they can pleasure their husband now the one thing i would like to say is sex is two way it's about the guy and the girl and 
sex is a lot about understanding each other. In fact, I don't know, but speaking as a girl, I would say that it's very hard for a girl to open up to a man whom she's not comfortable to. And that means opening up even sexually. It's very hard. If you're not comfortable with a guy, unless you've hardened your feelings, you can't, you really can't. But of course, there are lots of things that may cause people to also have sex outside marriage. And we are not saying that we're not condemning anyone. You know, there, there are lots of reasons. And maybe another time we can get into this because there are people who do some things not really because they want to, but because circumstances have forced them. However, what I can say is that this is a totally untrue thing, that sex is two-way. It takes two people to learn each other. And, you know, the idea of you have waited, it's the moment that you open up sexually, then you're able to explore each other. And you get to know without comparing that, you know, so-and-so was better than you, so-and-so was like this. And, you know, a lot of that comparison may lead to cheating because you can imagine that you're with your husband and you 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 remember so-and-so used to do this and that to you that, you know, used to make you feel so good. And you're like, my husband doesn't. And so what will happen that will give you thoughts of actually going and cheating on the husband so i would say this is a complete lie and yes. it's also very sexist and i believe there's also a similar one for guys that you know even girls say it i don't want a virgin guy because he won't know anything but what i will say is even that one who knows everything he wasn't born like that he was he came to learn because a lady or someone else, they explored each other, they taught each other, and that's how he came to learn. But it's not because he was born that way. So nobody is born knowing how to do sex right away. And sexual satisfaction is something very subjective. Yes. What may appease one person may put off another person. No. So what the idea is, why don't you get together in purity and then explore each other's bodies, understand each other, communicate with each other until you reach the point where you can both satisfy each other Roughly. Yes. Yeah, that's what I would have to say on that. Wow. Thank you so much, Purity, for that. Let me use this analogy of a sticking tape. You find that I have a sticking tape. I stick it on a one surface, maybe a door. Then I remove it. I go stick it on a wall. I remove it. Go stick it on another surface. How strong will it be at the end of the day? You'll find that the, the sticking tape will be so useless at the end of the day. It will not be sticking as it was sticking during the first, very first times. I think the same tends to happen for these issues about getting intimate and all that. Once the f very first one was very good, and then after that, when you get used of doing and running all over, it will just become like something so useless and it will not be strong. And now when you'll be trying to look for that strong bond between you and your partner, you'll find that it is not there, it doesn't even exist. So you'll find that now it's becoming so difficult for even to love somebody, for even you having to enjoy that relationship between you and your partner. I think we have preempted everything that we had, not unless purity you have an additional point as far as this topic is concerned. Okay, there are so many, yes. so, so many, you can't even exhaust them in one sitting. 
but those are like the main ones yes and of course even uh, you know others like you'll never get someone if you won't you know give in and have sex and this is for both boys and girls people will tell you, you know girls will get tired of you nakatu hapo you're doing nothing and you know even you have to drive the car before you buy it you know there's so many myths but at the end of it all what we can say is that when someone wants to do something i like you know there's a saying i saw somewhere i've forgotten where but it says that women don't buy a dress uh, wait they don't buy a dress because they need it they need the dress because they want it so when you're making excuses basically it's because you want to do something you already want your mind wants you your your heart wants so you have to look for every excuse to do it but if at the same time you don't to want to do it and you have set your mind that I'm going to wait then you're going to find that there are so many other benefits also of waiting that people don't want to talk about because of course it's not easy to wait we are humans we've got emotions and especially when you start liking a boy or liking a girl you know you you really want to act on those emotions but we are called to be self-controlled we are not animals that act on instinct we have a brain and part of our brain it helps us to be self-controlled of course it's not just the brain also christ died for us to be self-controlled it's why we have the holy spirit in us to enable us to be self-controlled so yes yeah there are a lot of benefits as well so you we yes. don't have to to always look at what society is saying let's reason these things out with ourselves let's listen to that inner voice of the holy spirit sure Thank you so much Spirit for that. Now somebody will ask, are there benefits of what we've talked about? Some of these things we've really talked about the myths and we've really told the people what they need to do. Now somebody will ask, are there benefits of these things you're telling us? I would like Spirit to take the shortest time and maybe talk about some of the benefits that come along. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 3 For this is the will of God your sanctification that you abstain from sexual immorality so the key words there are the will of God yes and as, as born again spirit filled christians i believe that we desire to do the will of God and maybe this should even be the only reason for waiting till marriage that it actually pleases God it's the will of God for us not to give our bodies before we are married now the second point that waiting till marriage honors your body you know why because you're not exposing your intimate you know you're you're not exposing your intimate parts of your body your nakedness to just everyone you're honoring yourself by saying the person who is worthy of my nakedness is the person who has vowed to be with me thick and through thin through poverty through riches through sickness through health that person so you're honoring yourself and i was just talking thing that you know that the body is such a wonderful thing if i was reading some scientific facts about the human body about our brains our digestive system our 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 blood system and everything and you know the body is such a profound thing you can't even understand it 
and the reason we we have such wonderful bodies so we really need to be proud and honor our bodies even more and so part of you know when you wait till marriage you're honoring your body you're giving honor to yourself but the moment you go engaging in sex outside marriage you're cheapening devaluing and dishonoring your own body in first corinthians chapter 6 verse 18 it says flee immorality i think you had mentioned that verse before yeah. every other sin that a man commits outside the body but the immoral man sins against his own body so that's also something and what else i would say is um it also weeds out the jokers and time wasters if someone is a hit and run kind of person the moment you tell them you're waiting till marriage they will run but they will run very fast the opposite direction so you're able to know the character of a person also because in this time when you're waiting till marriage you're able to focus on the character which is also something very major that you can get blinded when you jump into bed, you get blinded and you see this person, you really want it to work. You see them through rose colored glasses, but the moment you're not having sex, you're able to scrutinize this person, look at them and be like, wow, is this character the kind of character that I would love to be with, to have for the rest of my life? And Something else is that it reduces the stress of sexually transmitted diseases and wanted pregnancies. Because if you're not having sex before marriage, then you know that you will not have an unwanted pregnancy. You won't have a sexually transmitted disease. Very true. So your stress levels, even while dating, are at an all-time low. So those are just some, there are lots of benefits. You may not be able to exhaust them, but those are like the four major benefits that we need to look at when it comes to this area of uh, waiting till marriage. Yeah, over to you, Benson. Thank you so much, Spirity, for finding time to do this with me. I have nothing else to add. I think we've been able to preempt everything we had, and I believe that our listener has learned something. Also, feel free to share feedback with us can reach me through my social media handles. My name is Benson Dambiri, all over. I'm all over social media. So you can share feedback with me and I'll be really grateful. So have a blessed time. Let's meet in the next episode. Goodbye for now and please share this episode with a friend. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.